Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today is Aging on the Pathway of the Soul, Part 2. And I'd like to talk, talk more later about our gift. We've got a gift that we're giving you today, so stay with us and we'll speak more about that as to how you can obtain this gift. But meanwhile, I'd like to uh, set forth this thought. This thought is taken from World Goodwill Commentary, Aging on the Pathway of the Soul. And I quote, Many older persons still see themselves as vigorous individuals. Stopping work entirely would be boring for them. Their inner consciousness seeks more growth. For them, a mind that shuts down at 65 or 70 is an invitation to a premature death. Well, maybe maybe retirement's not all it's cracked up to be. Let's find out more about that and explore that more with Dale and Sarah. And there seems to be quite a lot of attention given to the needs of the elderly today. Uh, but this hasn't always been the case, has it? No, um, there have been um, large periods of time when uh, the elderly have been seen in, in some societies, at least, as kind of a burden. I think it's the the Asian societies that particularly value the older person in society. Perhaps it's related to the the Confucian ethic that they follow, but um, they do traditionally have a, a place of really high esteem for the older person in their society. I've read that women who have passed through the 50th year or so of life, past the menopause, enter into a phase of real power and um, uh, enjoyment in their lives. And yet in Western society, most women feel like they vanish into mm-hmm. invisibility at about that time. And the extremely old... Uh, are often viewed as kind of an annoyance, but it, it shouldn't be so. No, in some um, societies, I think in particularly in Africa, some societies, the elderly are looked upon with great reverence. They are respected because they are actually they are the history they can, of the tribe. They have the history of the tribe in their memory. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to know the uh, past history of your tribe, you go to the elders of, uh, in the village, and uh, they are the ones that have it. Uh, nothing is ever written down. That's true in the American Indian society, too, right. the oral tradition. Sure. So um, 
It depends on the society you're talking about, whether how they respect uh, the elderly. I know, you know, in the early Greek societies in early Greece, uh, 2,000 uh, so years ago, they didn't have this great respect for the elderly because uh, so much of their emphasis, in general, um, was on uh, you know youth and the promotion of youth and the physical beauty, physical beauty and. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Old age and the decrepitancy of, <laughs> of the decaying body uh, was looked upon as a curse in some in some of the uh, ancient Greek uh, societies. So it it varies from time to time down through history, and there hasn't always been this great respect for the elderly. But I think that's that's changing. The attitudes of the elderly has changed more in in recent times. Uh, Particularly as uh, more and more of the elderly people are growing older, uh, they're a bigger force to contend with, so uh, they have to be recognized. Yeah, I've read that um, in um, the the coming years, the population of the elderly is actually going to double from 10% to about 20%, just between now at the turn of the century and about 2050. That's something that the United Nations estimates. So that has tremendous consequences on societies, not only uh, from the social standpoint, but um, economically, because somebody has to support those people. And uh, the UN is paying uh, a lot of attention to, well, we call it a problem. I would say the challenge of the aging population. And in fact, they're having a a follow-up conference in Madrid in April. Uh, to follow up on a conference they held in 1999, which was why World Goodwill issued this commentary, Aging on the Pathway of the Soul, as a a means of supporting the United Nations Year of the Older Person, which was 1999. Mm -hmm. I remember what uh, Ronald Reagan said when he Mm -hmm. said, those uh, those are just numbers, they don't mean anything to me. And I I think that uh, your point is well taken, that we shouldn't look upon ourselves as a number and just keep on evolving and growing. But life today seems to be a process with many stages between birth and death. Is this true? I think so. I I think many religions recognize that there are stages in life. I know that Hinduism does, and we talked about that in our last program. Um, According to the, the Age of Wisdom, as given in the books of Alice Bailey, the soul appropriates or gains control of its um, its instrument, its its uh, personality and the, the bodies of the personality, physical, emotional, and mental, at certain stages in life. I think uh, the earliest stage from about birth to around the age of seven is when the, the soul takes possession of the physical body, right? Yes, that's what I understand. Yeah. So I suppose that means that Someone raising a child very young uh, should not ask too much of that child emotionally or mentally when really the focus is on gaining physical control, physical coordination. And then from um, that period of around the age of 7 to about 14, the soul gains um, control and discipline of the emotional body. And certainly you can see this in your own life and maybe in the lives of your children. I think that's why uh, around age (coughs) six or seven or five, so that's when little individuality begins to uh, 
show up mm-hmm. because that soul has, at that point, really begun to appropriate and take over that uh, mm-hmm. person. The uniqueness of that yeah. incarnating soul And so that forward. soul, soul impulses come through, and that's often when you find children really uh, coming awake to what they want to do and what they want to be in life, perhaps. And then after that, I think from... Um, the around the the early twenties, uh, the mental body is um, gained control of. That's a poorly constructed sentence, but it ties in with the um, high school and college years that so many of us go through. Uh, another important stage, as we've mentioned before, is around the age of thirty-five. That's often a real crisis point in spiritual development. If you think back to your own life, uh, those of our audience who have passed the 35th year, they might see a a turning point. Another one slightly before that is at around the age of 28. Mm -hmm. And um, many people find that extremely significant, uh, that late 20s point. Um, And then in around the 56th year is said to be a time when the soul makes a decision to either sort of uh, rest its oars, is that the phrase, or rest on its oars, or to strive for further growth. There's a a decision that's made by the soul around the 56th year, which is really interesting to ponder on whether it thinks it can get any more mileage out of this carcass, or or whether it'll just kind of coast (coughs) from that point on. Yeah, that's uh, many. That's 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 a very crucial year because uh, they uh, are just beginning to think about retirement and what they're going to do in their later years, mm-hmm. and um, maybe a um, whole new life begins for a lot of people because, mm-hmm. especially if they're very creative type mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, a new phase of life, not yeah. a really a retirement at all, but just a new phase and sometimes a really productive one. And that's happening more and more because fewer people are retiring, actually. They're, they're continuing to work in some capacity, and um, that's, that's an indication that they're, they're not ready to uh, you know, pack it in, so to speak. The 63rd year of the life is also uh, a critical point uh, spiritually. It's a time, uh, according to the writings of Alice Bailey, of supreme opportunity around the 63rd year. So if we know these points, we can kind of prepare for them, help those we are close to to prepare for them and take uh, the most advantage of them through self-examination and reflection and pondering. So coming back to our question, yes, life has many stages. It's not just one endless um, uh, rolling downhill toward death. It's uh, full of uh, crisis Mm -hmm. points and new challenges and um, thresholds reached and decisions to press Mm -hmm. on or not made. Yeah, I think you mentioned it before about these um, life contained with smaller cycles. Mm-hmm. There are cycles within the whole cycle of life, and some people the cycle is on a seven-year cycle, and others it may be on a ten-year cycle, but that uh, those uh, stages that we just talked about usually come around you know, in, in cycles of seven, seven years. And sometimes these, um, these cycles work out their crises 
uh, in a very subtle, subjective way. You might not necessarily be able to point to some significant event on the outer planes of life. Maybe everything on the surface seemed to go on as normal, and yet internally there might have been a horrendous uh, period of crisis that caused all kinds of um, upheaval and led to uh, a new attitude toward life as a result that nobody else might have even perceived. But it was uh, all the time underneath the surface. It was it was going on. So when you, you examine your life for these periods of crisis, don't necessarily look at the outer levels, look at the subjective levels, and particularly how your attitudes and your your intentions <coughs> might yeah. have changed. Mm, just reminded me of Shakespeare's play King Lear about how he's uh, well into his 80s and yet he goes through the greatest changes in attitude mm -hmm. at that particular age. I think mm -hmm. uh, Shakespeare was making a statement about how we yeah. continue to evolve and we should never say that we're at a particular age and therefore we must be at a you know, thinking a certain way. We we're not done yet. Yeah, we're not <laughs> done yet, right. But for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our topic today is aging on the Pathway of the Soul, Part 2. And earlier I mentioned that we'd be giving a gift to you today, and I'm happy to do so, and it's a compliment of uh, Lucis Trust. The gift is uh, the book, and the book is Aging on the Pathway of the Soul. And it's a booklet. It's a booklet. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's a booklet, right. Aging on the Pathway of the Soul. And we're happy to send it out to you free of charge. And, and you can call us on our toll-free number if you'd, like to, uh, if you'd like that booklet. Uh, one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. An easy way of remembering it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. And also, if you'd uh, uh, if you'd like uh, uh, our cassettes, or uh, if you'd like to take a, a look at uh, our website and listen to some of our previous archive radio shows, you certainly are welcome to uh, to do so. We'll be happy to... Uh, 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 you, you see a lot of those shows listed. Um, uh, www, our website would be www.lucistrust.org. And um, just for, for your information about who we are, well, uh, that's a very commonly asked question. And... Uh, Probably the best answer is we're not a religion. I guess for lack of a better expression, we're a spiritual philosophy organization. We uh, enjoy uh, exploring uh, philosophies about spirituality and people who uh, who participate in Lucis Trust. I, I don't even want to mention the word join because there's no such thing as joining, but people who want to uh, explore with us uh, various uh, philosophies, spiritual philosophies, and uh, take a look with us at the a lot of the uh, uh, commonalities amongst uh, religions and spirituality, uh, and some of the valuable th uh, uh, premises that uh, exist within so many religions. You're certainly welcome to join us, join us for our meetings, uh, uh, read our books. And speaking of our books, um, the Lucis Trust organization was founded by Alice Bailey uh, early in the 20th century, and uh, she wrote 24 volumes of spiritual philosophy literature and comments on life and I think you might enjoy taking a look at them but uh, all of our all of our dialogue is uh, uh, based on or is em emanates from the uh, t one of the 24 uh, volumes of literature written by Alice Bailey 
once again, if you'd like that booklet, uh, just give us a call, or if you'd like any of our information, finding out about our meetings, uh, that's 1-866-695-8247, the easy way to remember, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. why are why are the later years of life why are they why are they a good time for spiritual study and meditation? Well, I think um, to begin with, there's no time in life that isn't good for spiritual study and meditation. And increasingly today, we notice in our work that very young people are uh, often um, thoroughly committed and disciplined in their spiritual development at uh, a very young age. So I think this is a very hopeful sign that uh, the younger generation does feel this spiritual pull at at an early age. But traditionally and generalizing wildly, the earlier years of life are the appropriate time for focusing on the development of career, uh, being the householder, which is, I think, the real meaning of a husband, one who looks after family and career and home, and uh, your your focus and your responsibilities tend to be outward on the physical plane, uh, caring for the well-being of yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, uh, some of those demands lessen. Your children are grown, your career, whatever it was, has probably reached its high-water mark, although, as we said, some people move into a second career. But the idea of ambition and training and goals probably isn't such a strong focus as you get older. So you don't have those those compulsions and those drives. And um, you're, you're freer emotionally and mentally, I think, to commit to spiritual development. Most older people would probably say that they have reached a point where they can accept themselves, such as they are, more than they were able to when they were younger. There's a, an acceptance of oneself and life that, again, frees the resources to uh, develop spiritually. When you're agonizing over yourself, worried, anxious, driven, you're not really sparing too much energy for spiritual pursuits. Yeah, it's it's a time for um, kind of simplicity. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was just struck by the idea that we were, in, a, in effect, we were turning to a state of simplicity because it, it's very similar to, uh, you know, when, you, when our children are very young, four, five, six years old, they see the world in very simple terms, perhaps, they're not too far from being born, and so they're still close to the soul. And um, later on in life, why the, all the complexities of life get in the way and st- start to clutter up your thinking and kind of blocking out all those soul <laughs> impulses. But it's at the end of the age, end of your age, when you can again return to that uh, more simplicity of outlook Mm-hmm. and uh, leave the uh, clutter and the complexities of life behind and kind of return to that childlike simplicity. I don't mean become like children again, but in attitude and outlook on life, perhaps see things a little more <coughs> um, synthetically. There's also the fact, I think, that the soul begins to abstract itself from the outer 
form in the outer world as one ages. I don't mean that uh, it's preparing for death, but in a sense, I suppose it, it is. It's not that it's going to happen immediately, not at all. But it, it lessens its grip on the physical plane with all that uh, that uh, connotes of um, ambition and desire and the urge to hold and possess. All of that, I think, eases off a bit. And the soul, as it abstracts, frees up the consciousness. Um, oddly enough, this can have a range of effects. I mean, you think of that hilarious comedian Tim Conway as the little old man uh, struggling across the stage, and it's hilarious. I don't mean that kind of abstraction, or the dithery, dottery old lady, but um, it can produce sometimes uh, a quite a quite a beautiful uh, person who... Yeah, it's a time it's when um, <clears throat> you say the soul is abstracting, and so it's a good time for spiritual study and uh, meditation because that's a time when you can begin to begin to link up again with that higher self, mm-hmm. with that soul self, and you have the time and the uh, to do that and to to be reflective on. You know your life and the purpose of your life has been, and what you've accomplished, and all of that kind of a life review. Yeah. And all of this is helping to establish that continuity with the soul again that might have uh, been deflected during your life. So it's not preparing for death, and maybe it's preparing mm-hmm. for the next adventure. Well, it is, in the <laughs> sense you can prepare for the next life yeah. too. You yeah. know that way. Yeah. We've talked about the um, the technique of the evening review in past programs, and I suppose there's a kind of a life review that the soul does. Mm-hmm. We could, um, each of us, initiate that at any stage by looking back at our lives, and some people are in the habit of doing that, um, trying to see cycles and identify crises that mm-hmm. we have lived through, perhaps decisions that we've made uh, that have been life-changing, and begin to see a pattern and a flow and a purpose to our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can be really liberating. You might see quite a lot of progress and growth if you look for it. I don't. I was thinking of that movie, the title I forget, but it was a movie that came out a couple of years ago that starred Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep as two sisters. And Diane Keaton spent years looking after her father and her aunt, who were very old and a great responsibility to her. Then she developed cancer and was preparing for her own death. And Meryl Streep was with her. And I remember Diane Keaton, the ill sister, saying, I've had such love in my life. Mm. And Meryl Streep said, yes, they really loved you, meaning the father and aunt. And Diane said, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, it's I who loved them. And that was what brought joy yeah. into her life. I loved them. That was what made my life meaningful. It wasn't a life of sacrifice or burden at all to her. And she was able to identify that as she pre- prepared for her own death. So if we look back in our life, we might see that we've had a lot of love in our life. Yeah. And a lot of joy and a lot of help. And you kind of look back at your life, too, and I think the most important thing is to say, how much love have I brought into the world? And yeah. That could be part of the life review as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's important not to be too 
caught up in the past when you do that review. You know, the biblical story of Lot's wife who was warned not to look back, but she did, and she turned into a pillar of salt. That's, I suppose, a danger of old age, that you get kind of crystallized in the past. Well, it's not to live back there, but you just look back to... uh see where mistakes were made and what mm-hmm. what could be done about it. And then look ahead. Yeah. A lot of people have expressed an interest in us remaining on the air, and I'd like to say that all the work of the Lucis, Tr- of Lucis Trust, <coughs> including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the, of, of the Lucis Trust. Uh, we're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want the, uh, want these programs to continue on the air. And donations can be sent to, I uh, hope you have a pen ready, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also, if you... Uh, Want that uh, booklet that we were talking about, Aging on the Pathway of the Soul, which the show emanates from? You can call us up at 1-866-NY-LUCIS. In the commentary on Aging on the Pathway of the Soul, published by World Goodwill, there are comments from elderly people on their spiritual lives. Could you give us a few examples of what they learned? Gail? (laughs) Well, we have a few good examples here in the back of this um, pamphlet or booklet, uh, it's a 20-page booklet on aging and the pathway of the soul. We have invited some uh, elderly people to uh, uh, give their comments about uh, <coughs> what they've experienced in life and their old age. And um, Some of them have some very thoughtful comments. And uh, There's one a lady is 91 years old and she says, I begin each day in meditation and dedicate myself anew to the service of the coming one. And um, to me, the correct use of the mind is the will of God in action. These are the goals I set for myself. Old age is a good time to learn self-discipline. And um, that's just one of the comments that's made. Um, Let's see, there's another one here. The onset, this is a um, a lady at age 80. The onset of old age can be greeted with confidence, even with joy, if it is recognized as a soul-given opportunity to prepare for the next incarnation. And that's what we've just been talking about. It's one of the (laughs) things to look forward to. So, um, did you want to... Well, um, I just wanted to mention, in addition to those comments, uh, there's another resource that people might be interested in. It's a new book by Ram Das. Some of our audience might be familiar with him. He has been a spiritual teacher for many years now, and um, he wrote the book Be Here Now, Mm -hmm. which um, affirms that at any point in your life, you should be in the present moment fully yourself which I think is such a beautiful concept and very Buddhist in its um, emphasis on uh, living in the present moment. But he's recently written a book called Still Here. Be here now, still here. He had a stroke and uh, has had a very difficult recovery, but uh, he wrote a book about what it's like to get old and struggle with illness. And the book is called Still Here, Embracing Aging. 
And I like that idea that at any moment in your life, wherever you find yourself, embrace it. Embrace your life because it has something to teach you and there's something you can give. And that's the point, isn't it? To make the most of whatever your circumstances are. Not wish for anything to be other than what it is, but make the most of it. Once again, if you'd like that free booklet, which is really the topic of today's show, Aging on the Pathway of the Soul, all you have to do is call us on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. The easy way, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of New York uh, LUCIS. So, that's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now, we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. You want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?